There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. This is a WTOP original podcast. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. On July 12th, just hours before the NATO summit ended in Vilnius, Lithuania, North Korea launched another missile. An ICBM, Intercontinental Ballistic Missile. It flew over 70 minutes, uh, and it probably has a range that could touch the whole of the United States. Uh, a significant uh, successful ICBM launch. Joe Dottrani is a former director of the U.S. National Counterproliferation Center. A, a very clear message to the United States. Yeah, so my, that was going to be my next question then. What is this message? Uh, well, that uh, you know, the United States is uh, within our reach. So the question again is, what does North Korea want? Coming up on this episode of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile. Capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. We're talking with Ambassador Joe Detrani, who is the former director of the National Counterproliferation Center. And uh, Ambassador... North Korea has launched another missile. What do you know about this missile and the launch? Well, uh, what I'm getting from the media, JJ, is uh, an ICBM, Intercontinental Ballistic Missile. It flew over 70 minutes, uh, and it probably has a range that could touch the whole of the United States. Uh, a significant, uh, successful ICBM launch. 70 minutes. Is this the longest, to your knowledge, that they've done this for? Yeah, exactly. This is the longest period they've had a, an ICBM or any missile, uh, that, uh, ballistic missile. Uh, yeah, a, a very clear message to the United States. Yeah, so my, that was going to be my next question then. What is this message? Uh, well, that uh, you know, the United States is uh, within our reach. We can uh, use an intercontinental ballistic, ballistic missile to deliver a, a, if, if, if we need to to deliver a nuclear warhead to the whole of the United States. It's a message, indeed, to the United States. What do you know about this particular missile? Well, you know, in April, they had uh, a launch of a solid fuel uh, ICBM, also capable of touching the whole of the United States. And in March, they had another ICBM launch, and this was a, a very significant launch of over 15,000 kilometers. So this is 
this is a progression. They're showing that they have a capability, despite the fact that they were unsuccessful in putting a satellite in orbit, as we saw over a month ago. But they have a capability, a proven capability, in their view, of uh, of of an intercontinental ballistic missile that could reach the whole of the United States. So why now? Well, you know, two things on that, JJ. Uh, we saw some of the commentary from uh, from uh, Kim Kim Jong Un's uh, sister, Kim Yo Jong, criticizing the United States for the reconnaissance flights that flew into their uh, exclusive economic zone. And from no from North Korea's optic, anything that flies into their exclusive economic zone is illegal. That's not our reading. It's not the reading of the international community, but it's their reading. So Kim Jong-jung was very clear in saying, if you continue, and there were few, according to North Korea, of these uh, incursions, again, according to North Korea, we will take down those reconnaissance aircraft. That's So that's a threat. She put it right out there. So now launching this ICBM, uh, indeed, at the same time that NATO is is in in session, uh, and and South Korea is meeting with uh, North, uh, South Korea is meeting with Japan, so Kushida and uh, Yoon Suk Yeol are having a, a summit, a, certainly a discussion. Uh, what a time to get everyone together, the North Korea to show we have these capabilities. Don't forget about us. But I think it's not just don't forget about us. It's that you're going to have to contend with us. All right. So first, the don't forget about us. Forget what? What is it that they want? They've had years, decades, in fact, going back to the time when you were the special envoy to the six-party talks to talk about nuclear weapons and their objectives and their interests. And when things didn't go their way, they walked away. And so what is it that they don't want us to forget about. I mean, everybody knows that they have now a nuclear capability. Everybody knows, as you mentioned, they have these rockets that can fly. So what is it? What 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 else are they reminding us about forgetting? Well, they want us to lift all those sanctions that have been imposed on North Korea. Certainly those sanctions that were imposed in 2016 and 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 beyond. Uh, those abiding sanctions, JJ, it talks to uh, their inability to sell coal and other materials to China. It, it speaks to them not being able to import petroleum products, uh, crude oil from China. They want uh, they want those sanctions lifted, period. That's number one. And number two, which uh, obviously we're not going to support, they want eventually to be accepted as a nuclear weapon state. All right. So they want that. They've had some opportunities to get that. But the things that that they need to do in order to get the sanctions lifted, they weren't willing to do. Have they changed their minds about this? Or is this more of, OK, remember, we said this and you didn't want to do it. And so we're going to ask you again or make you again. What, what's happening here? I mean, they want to be perceived as an intelligent nation, the leadership. Right. All right. So anybody can make threats. But when you get the audience, when you get the attention and then you just kind of don't 
really do what most normal nations do, which is what they want to be perceived as, you don't get what you want. So how long is it going to take for them to see this and understand this, or will they? I don't think they ever will. I don't think they will ever see that. I think they will persist. I think they will persist because from their optic, the joint military exercises are meant for regime change. They see this as a threat to the survival of the Kim Jong-un family. And this is the Kim family. This is the Kim dynasty. So it's survival for uh, Kim Jong-un and his family. And I mentioned his sister a minute ago, Kim Yo-jung. I mean, he's grooming her, apparently grooming her to succeed him, uh, all things equal. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I think North Korea will persist and they will launch. But they're also they're also making it very clear that, uh, you know, they have a, a, a new policy of preemptive use of nuclear weapons so that if they if they perceive an imminent threat to the leadership of command and control, uh, they have an ability to use that. So, yes. They're threatening, uh, they're escalating. Uh, this is normal for North Korea, but they're also showing to the United States that they have a, a capability of striking the whole of the United States. And and it's not only a message to the United States that think twice if if regime change or anything along those lines is in your mind, but it's also a message to South Korea a uh, message to South Korea to say, uh, now, are you going to just depend on the U.S. and its commitment, if you will, its extended nuclear deterrence commitments? Uh, uh, do you think the United States will be there for you if they feel that we could threaten them with a nuclear weapon? So maybe you need to lower the temperature and and be a little more amenable to uh, giving us what we want. So that's intimidation writ large. You know, Ambassador, I think a lot of you and your background and your knowledge and your ability to communicate very important information whenever we talk. But one of the things that really strikes me as annoying, and it's not because it's you, it's because it's the same thing that you've been saying about North Korea, and rightfully so, because this is what North Korea is doing for decades now. And I guess what I'm getting at it is this. Things have changed. The world has changed. People have changed. A good example of what we're talking about here is what's going on in Ukraine. Two years, three years ago, everybody would assume that if Russia says, okay, we're going to attack Ukraine, it would be over, done, kaput, finished in a week or two. That's kind of what we thought. So we're now... 500 plus days and and Russia's been exposed as a fraud in many ways. Right. Why doesn't you why doesn't North Korea recognize that what you just said saying these things is not going to get them to where they need to be and that they're actually undermining themselves. I know I get the piece about the dynasty and all that, but the question I'm really asking is do they really expect this to work? I think they do expect it to work, JJ. I think they do expect that eventually the United States, uh, South Korea, Japan, uh, with the support they're getting from, from China, and that's big, the support they're getting from China and Russia, that the U.S. eventually will cave, hmm. will come back to negotiations, and will, uh, you know, will say, okay, let's put complete verifiable denuclearization down the road. 
down the road, but let's sort of move towards uh, reconciliation. Let's try to get a dialogue. And in that process, we could lift some sanctions. Uh, they can get some economic aid. Uh, they can move forward. And eventually, we'll forget about denuclearization. And, uh, and eventually, they become, if you will, Pakistan. And they cite Pakistan often in their former negotiations with us. We eventually will cave and accept them as a nuclear weapon state. Uh, they're de facto weapons state, but eventually de jure uh, will say, okay, it's moved in that direction. So I think they feel they will prevail with this. And, and uh, uh, inter-Korean relations is a different subject, JJ. And I think if they feel the U.S., would be amenable to a process that lends itself to lifting sanctions and putting denuclearization way down the road, that South Korea also would be amenable to that and would get the you know, largesse from South Korea would, would give them the economic uh, 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 development aid that they, they definitely need, humanitarian assistance, et cetera, rail links, they connect rail links and what have you. So. I think their grand strategy is uh, we can wait them out and we can show greater capabilities so that the United States and certainly South Korea and Japan know they're dealing with a nuclear weapons state that will not give up its nuclear weapons. And, and unless we get what we want, we can cause a lot of grief. You know, I guess thinking back a little bit and thinking uh, about this a little more, a little deeper, maybe they do have a point here because maybe they think that if if the Taliban can do this, then so can we. Because we've heard for years terrorist organizations say the people in the West have the watches, but we've got the time. And this is a perfect example of what I think you're talking about here, is they're saying we can wait. But you also mentioned lowering the temperature. China could help them do that. Why hasn't China done that? Is it because of recent developments and new animosities between the U.S. and China? I think you just put your finger on it, JJ. I think that's the issue with China. In fact, we uh, we uh, occasionally I meet uh, in track two discussions with academics and think tankers, and uh, even just recently, uh, 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 yeah, and, and Geneva heard I heard the same thing. It's it's. We helped you, we've, and they help themselves. So, so there's no such thing as China just helping us. It's in their interest to see denuclearization. But we, if you will, we helped you in 2003 establish the six-body talks. We got some sort of an agreement in September 2005. We did all that heavy lifting. We're not going to do it again because we have a lot of tension in the relationship with the United States. And until you lower that temperature, until you address some of the issues of a bilateral nation with China... Uh, we're, we're just we're just not prepared to uh, to, to do anything uh, in in regards to uh, uh, North Korea. We're not prepared to uh, facilitate a dialogue to get North Korea to come back to the table, et cetera. I think it's as, I think it's it seems crass, but I think it's as basic as that. And and that's I don't think that's in China's interest because North Korea with nuclear weapons indeed is not in China's interest. All right, so. Um... Very quickly, looking at the fact that they did this today, North Korea launched this missile. Um, the U.S. 
is probably going to say what it normally does, and that is they're going to condemn it. The rest of the world, or at least the U.S.'s allies, are going to condemn it. Uh, does this give what North Korea what they need right now? Because they're not going to get anything more out of this launch than acknowledgement. Is So is that just what they're after in this particular situation? Are, are they hoping somebody is going to get freaked out and say, okay, we need to open the door and start talking again. I know there are back channels and all that stuff. But again, as I mentioned before, they've done this so frequently, so often, and it's the same droning on kind of thing. Um, people kind of roll their eyes when this happens. So did they get out of this what they wanted to get, you think? Yeah, I think they got out of this, uh, indeed, what they wanted to get, JJ. I think they got out of this and what they got out of the April ICBM launch and the uh, of a solid fuel ICBM and, when the, and the March law launch of an ICBM. I think they got out of it that they they have a nuclear weapons capability that could strike the whole of the United States. So that's a very, that's an important, that's a very, from, from Pyongyang's vantage point, that's a very important message to get to the United States, but indeed to uh, our allies in South Korea and Japan. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right, and you're always right about this. It's a very important point to remind the world of what North Korea could do. So one last thing. Where does their nuclear program stand, to your knowledge? Well, it's, it's progress—well, the missile launches, there's no question about it. You know, over 100 missile launches in 2022, over 20 now in, in 2023 with the ICBMs. Uh, we haven't seen a seventh nuclear test. And maybe there's a little pressure from China about, you know, that's a bridge too far. You don't want to do that, at least not at this time. Uh, I, I, the sense is they're still producing fissile material. They're enriching uranium. They're reprocessing spent fuel rods for plutonium. They're building more nuclear weapons that could be, uh, that could be uh, miniaturized and mated to those missiles that they've shown us on the app. Ambassador Joe Dutrani, it's always a... A distinct pleasure to talk to you and to hear what you have to say about this. We appreciate your time. Thank you, JJ. I appreciate it. That's it for this episode of Target USA. Coming up in our next episode, wildfires in Greece. Today, it's a very sad day. That's Nikolos Panagiotto, an associate professor at the School of Journalism and Mass Media at the Aristotle University in Thessaloniki, Greece. He explains why it's a sad day. Because uh, today we mourn the loss of two pilots that they lost their lives uh, while trying actually to take out the fire. These fires are raging across Greece and many are confused about the cause. There is a widespread uh, rumor and uh, actually speculations all these years that some of these fires might actually have been set. In some occasions this has been, this has been proven. But there's also another reason. That's coming up on the next episode of Target USA. In the meantime, if you have any questions or comments about the program, send me an email. You can reach me at jgreen at wtop.com. The letter J, the color green, one word, at Whiskey Tango Oscar Papa. jgreen at wtop.com. Also, please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter. We're at TUSA Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. 
And if you want more national security news, you can sign up for my newsletter. It's called Inside the Skiff, and you can sign up at WTOP.com slash email. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast.